0: Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here Around the Writer's Table.
1: Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table, and we're so glad that you're here to join us today for this particular episode. If you're a regular listener, you know the topic, or maybe if you just read the title, that we're going to be talking about burnout in this episode I, this is one that's really topical. It's something that I think not just Gina and Melody and I have heard a lot of people talking about are experiencing ourselves, Maybe it's just the vibe of 2022, I don't know, but it's going around. And it's really an important issue for creatives, particularly uh, because, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we're going to go into this in detail, but it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you just can't power through these things. Sometimes you got to use little tricks and wily ways. So we're going to talk about what is burnout, uh, how it affects you as a creative and, you know, solutions, possible solutions, things you can try. I, of course, am Kimbu York. I am both the author alchemist and the taskmistress. I'm like a superhero. I have many identities, but I'm actually a romance novelist and former project manager who helps writers and solopreneurs find time, mojo, and motivation to create. So those are some big issues that I like to help people with. My other co-hosts, I have Gina Hogan-Edwards. Uh, author and editor and documentation writer. She's been through a lot of things. Uh, She's currently hosts both the Women Writing for Change Facebook group and the Women Speak Circle leader, which I'm sure she'll get to talking about in a little bit. She is passionate about supporting women and finding their voices on the page and from the stage. So uh, she's got a lot going on.
2: Hello, everybody. (laughs) I love your idea of like Yeah, we're superheroes. We do a lot of different things. (laughs) We do. We do. And in that vein, we've got
1: Melody, a scout uh, who also wears many different heroic capes, uh, landscape designer, plant spirit, medicine, healer, author. Uh, She does a lot. And so she helps her clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through Plant Spirit Medicine and her book, Soul of the Seasons, which is a major part of our podcast as a whole. And in a second, um, we're going to have Melody talk a little bit about that and give you guys some background on what Soul of the Seasons is and the uh, aspects and the paradigm that we... I'm not explaining it well. She's going to explain it a lot better than I am. Uh, And then we'll turn the topic over to talking about burnout. So, Melody, do you want to give our listeners a little bit of background on the five seasons as we're using it here as a paradigm for helping creators with their creative life? Sure, Kimbu. Thanks a lot. And
3: um, I got really excited about uh, the five seasons that I talked about in my book. Um, They're based on five element uh, medicine, which is a component of Chinese uh, medicine, and it is a dynamic, subtle yet powerful way of creating balance and harmony through each of the seasons of the year. And these seasons apply to everything that goes on with life. And specifically, as we're talking about here, we're talking about the five seasons of the writing process. So for instance, in winter, it's where Our little seeds germinate, story ideas, ideas for novels, exciting things we want to do. They sit and they germinate for a while. In spring, those seeds sprout into stories and outlines and visions of that whole uh, story comes into view. So there's like this mad scramble, lots of writing, wonderful first drafts that come out during the season of spring. In summer, which we've been talking about in our last episode, um, and now burnout is a component of summer. We're talking about the summer is where you get in for the long haul. you're overviewing you've taken your first and second and third drafts, and you're pulling things apart and you're organizing and making sure things fit together and work smoothly. It's a maturation part of our process and in um Harvest, which follows summer, this is the time where we have our completed manuscript or our completed first, you know, drafts. We can revel in the hard work we've done. We have something to show for our accomplishments, and uh, gratitude for all our hard work. Uh, during fall, that's the season of letting go. This is where we put our editor hat on, or hire a literal a literal editor. Uh, thank you, Gina. Um, for to come in and uh, cleave away those things that do not serve our stories and do not serve our visions. Uh, it's a hard work of letting go of some of our precious stories that we love, but making our 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 work streamline and to the point. And then we transition again back into winter. If you want to know more about it, we go into more detail. There'll be links on our our, uh, website for the podcast.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think you said you were going to put a summary. We're going to have a summary sheet about the seasons. Yes.
3: We're going to have, we have a list of summary sheet uh, for all five seasons. There'll be an overview. And for each particular ones, if you click on that podcast, a link to that, we have Um, the qualities and the notes uh, and and exercises for each of the seasons to help you stay in the season and make the most out of that particular part of your writing process. So now we're still in summer, we're gonna talk about burnout, which is a big deal. I can't tell you how many people, writers and not, have are struggling with this right now not only just in their writing process but in their
2: uh, personal lives mm-hmm. yeah it's a big one right now it seems like it's so many people that i'm talking <laughs> to like you said not just writers and not just in their writing um in their writing activities but in, in life in general. So I'm excited about this topic because this has been something that I have really struggled with over the course of this summer. Um, for the listeners' reference, we're recording this uh, near the beginning of August. and in the month of July, I I sort of did a step back because of feelings of burnout. Um, I, you know, like most of us, I was not able to completely pull away from all of my duties and responsibilities, but, severely cut back on them to sort of do a creative reset to get me hopefully beyond a, a, a stage of burnout. So I yeah. wonder, for each of you, I'd love to know, uh, what, how, how does burnout manifest for each one of you all? What does it feel like to you? What does it look like for each one of you? Um, Kimbu, you wanna go first?
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting for me because it, burnout is very personal. It's like any other kind of emotional situation you go through, even though there are some universal aspects. For me, particularly, it, it I describe it to others as as drifting or listing in the Sargasso Sea. Uh, mm. Which uh, the Sargasso Sea, if any of you aren't familiar with it, is a patch in the Atlantic which is basically a massive seaweed patch, uh, sargasso. And boats that try to f- go through there are basically fighting their way through this seaweed blockage. And it's a something to avoid at all costs, but sometimes you're just going to end up there because of the winds and the tide. And I feel that that really reflects how it is for me, because I can't really say that I know exactly what causes burnout in the sense of like there's one particular trigger so usually Mm -hmm. for me burnout is a cluster of things or is the result of a cluster of things which can be uh, trauma stress anxiety Uh, I do suffer from clinical anxiety so that's something I generally have to fight beat back with a stick I think as my papa would say Uh, that's a tough one but when I get into burnout it's not simply that I don't care which is more of a depression type of thing. Burnout is like you're trying to get somewhere. <laughs> you're you're trying to sail through the sargasso. You're really trying, but you're just not getting anywhere and you mm-hmm. just don't have the energy and it's just too hot. Um you know, it's just too you know, you're just you're just exhausted. And so as hard as you try to set the sails or row or, or whatever you're doing, it's just you just being pulled back all the time, constant sense of being pulled back and and trapped. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, maybe I carried the metaphor a little too far, but I think it really does does capture how I feel when I'm describing or talking about burnout to people. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's cyclical, but certainly burnout is not a one and done thing. Like burnout Mm -hmm. for me is something that raises its ugly head on a regular basis you know, maybe I don't experience it for a year or two, but then it'll come back, and and mm-hmm. I just have to. I'm still learning how to challenge that situation myself. Yeah, great, great.
2: How about you, Melody?
3: Well, you put it perfectly, uh, Kimbu, and talking about being in the sargasso sea and just kind of. I sometimes refer to it as trying to wade through potato salad. You know, like yeah, wanna move. <laughs> but progress is not going so good and you know you are also correct in that it's a it's a complex uh, situation and often starts long before uh, we notice it and come to the end of uh, where we're able to uh, cope with what's uh, the those very things that we really want to do i mean I, uh, you know, they call it burning the candle at both ends for a reason, and I, mm -hmm. I, it shows up uh, for me as a lack of passion for things that I love and want to do, and not Mm -hmm. only the passion but the energy and the brain capacity to do it. I find it difficult to focus. uh, normally, I can do complex tasks. I am a high-functioning person, so I can go a long time into uh, burnout or you know overwhelm before you know I, I uh, come to a stop and say, "Oops, it's time to deal with this." So I, I even when it gets severe, I have a low tolerance for disruption. I, I can even have oversensitivity to light and sound and weather changes and, mm. uh, people talking, uh, just, the least little thing can annoy me. Mm. So it is complex and it's good to recognize the signs early. Um, so we can, yeah, not very good at that.
1: Path. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Gina. Like, well, you know, Gina, I would like you mentioned that you took July off because you were dealing with burnout. What were the signs? I mean, what led you to that decision?
2: Well, I can relate to what Melody was saying about the brain fog. But what comes for me before the brain fog? Well, let me back up. So, to me, burnout is the exhaustion that I feel after I have been completely overwhelmed by whatever, Mm. you know, by all the things. And it starts to manifest in my body as, um, I've tried to describe this before. It's a vibration. It's definitely Mm. energy that feels like it's, my body constantly feels like it's vibrating 24 seven. I I, I don't know any other way to explain it than that. Um, And then the brain fog sets in and I get, Um, sidetracked easily. I can't focus. Um, I just get into this sort of muddled mess sort of feeling. I love the Sargasso Sea analogy too. I can really relate to that sort of slogging through the thickness, um, the potato salad, if you will. Both of those are great, um, great descriptions of how I feel, but along with that sort of vibration that I described. Um, and I know that it's hard for any of us to like pinpoint what is the cause, like what is the trigger, Mm. what sets us into burnout, because I do think that it is an accumulation of things, but one of the main contributing factors, even when we're doing, I'll speak for myself, even when I am doing all the things that I love. Even when everything that I'm doing is related to my passion and my purpose and my why, when I forget self care, when I am taking care of all the other things and not myself, when I leave out that piece, I know that burnout is right around the corner. But I forget that, and so I get into the burnout, and then it's like, duh, what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: I just want to say real quick, like, I think, too, that it's easy for us to get in that that hamster wheel because the society we live in is so focused on productivity and doing more and hustling and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense. Like sometimes we just like, no, I just need to keep going and just I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do yoga. I don't have time to go do my exercises. It's it's a harsh feedback loop.
2: Yeah. I don't have time to um, do other creative things that fill me up instead of deplete Mm. me. Um, You know, so when I say self-care, you know, there are those things that that are on the surface, like, you know, exercising, eating right and those kind of things. (laughs) But also just the little everyday things that bring us joy that we don't make time for when we are trying to be productive, trying to, you know. Mm. Contribute in whatever way we feel like we're called to contribute. I'm interested to hear from each of you how burnout, when you get to that point, affects your writing process. Again, <laughs> what Kim, writing process? would you
1: like what? to go first? <laughs> hmm uh for, for for me it basically a burnout i guess burnout and depression do have some similarities and that a lot of things just stop um for me my creativity just I, I i get so frustrated in in that sargasso sea continuing that idea that you know i just man writing becomes such a chore it it really loses its joy for me and that's tragic oh,
2: and that's so sad that is so mm. yeah tragic it is tragic it's um it's tragic for you personally and it's tragic for those of us who are readers who don't get to experience your writing when you're not writing. <laughs> so avoid burnout. So Melody, how does burnout affect your writing process?
3: Well, it. Uh, I notice that I get easily overwhelmed. Um, I... Where in the beginning, so I'm in that spring phase and I'm getting all excited about the storyline and my characters and it's all blooming and blossoming and uh, growing by leaps and bounds. I'm excited where it is and where it can go. Um, I lose all of that. And instead, Mm -hmm. when I think about all those things, I get very tired and I have to go take a three hour nap. Um, that's a good, uh, yeah. for the productivity. So I get easily overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes I can't see for the, the forest, for the trees, because I'm looking at all the things, all the things that need to be done. And again, uh, my go-to is go take a nap. When I see all the things, um, it often leads to some brain fog for me and, um, confusion and chaos ensues where I start one thing, but I don't finish it, and then I go back and I start another thing and I don't finish it. So um, yeah, that and that basic lack of passion for my writing um, shows itself, and, yeah. and just creativity in general.
2: Yeah, so mm. I, I recognize everything that you both are describing in terms of my own effects on my writing process. I I can't focus on things like character and plot and and really getting into my story no matter how passionate I may have been about it in the in the past. I do find that I make the shift when I'm in burnout from my creative writing back to my journaling. And I think that's because the journaling is always sort of an anchor for me whenever whenever I am in sort of an overwhelm or even when I'm you know seemingly doing well you know things are are moving along but i've got a lot of pieces parts you know a lot of things to fit together the journaling always kind of helps me untangle the mess in my brain and so a lot of times when i'm feeling like i'm headed toward that burnout if i lean on my journal um and am honest with myself when i put words down on the page about what's going on in my Head and my heart, then that will often help me get to whatever might have been that trigger that particular time in heading me toward the burnout, so that I can then do something about it. Do either of you journal? I
1: hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't considered journaling, but now that that's on the plate, I think I might put that there in the future when I'm looking at burnout because. I don't know. It just sounds like something that I I like the way that it kind of flips the, you know, flips things from trying to be creative to just kind of relaxing into your own self and your own being Mm -hmm. and finding the words there. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And during that July creative reset that I did, uh, one of the things that I did and and Kimbu, you pointed me to this fellow I started doing sketchbook journaling. You know, I've always done just no. writing, just words, just the words. But uh, for this, it was this one particular video from Sketchbook School, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes that inspired me not only to use words but to to doodle and to draw in my in my journal. And it was interesting what came up for me. You know, some of the drawings were. You know, just what I saw across the room at the moment, and were just giving me a moment of like relaxation, disconnection that I needed. Uh, sometimes it was actually doodling a little drawing of something that had happened that day, or an element, you know, that was part of my day. So I can go back now and look at some of those days and go, oh yeah, that happened that day. And on that day, you know, this this happened. So that's been a lot of fun for me to do too. And a It creates a creative crossover, which we've mentioned before, you know, when you're a creative person and you have a particular discipline that you're working in, that sometimes it's a good idea to cross over and do something different. So the writing and the drawing together for me seems to work real well when I get to this burnout stage and need some sort of other creative outlet. So what about you, you, Melody? Is there anything in particular that you do or do you journal or do something else when you've hit that burnout stage? Um, besides (laughs) nap,
3: I have a high pain, um, I have a high pain threshold. So, uh, sadly I, I'm, I'm getting better at, but often I, I, um, I get to the crash phase, which is never pretty and I need rest I need to take a complete break mm-hmm. from things. Um, I may need to do a media fast like Gina did uh, last month, which in, allows my brain mm-hmm. to reset, um, to stop overwhelming myself with information and more and more information. Um, I, uh, I try to pace myself. I go out in nature. I do things that don't require a lot from me personally and so in other words yeah. be in a state of receiving i can engage mm-hmm. with my friends which is always helpful and restorative and we talk you know interestingly enough i can talk about my work and i can talk about my ideas and storylines um versus you know doing the work on the keyboard with them um mm-hmm. but that also helps me get my creative juices flowing again and and bring back some of my excitement so Mm -hmm. that self-care is so important and and if we think you know that when i get to the crash phase then i can look back over and say oh yeah oh i completed a book and got it into a print that took me nine years and then i went from there to a road trip up to the east coast and back you know the north atlantic states and and then I, after that, I came back and I started a new job. And after that, I, um, uh, we went into pandemic, uh, for two and a half you years. You left
2: ago. out that you moved twice.
3: I moved yeah, twice moved at twice. That time, exactly, uh-huh. and, and uh-huh. took on a new, another new job. And, you know, that required a lot of, uh, mental and emotional bandwidth. So, uh yeah, of course, I'm experiencing burnout. And, and, you know, when I get tired, my go-to is when I feel overwhelmed, or I see so much to do is my thinking is, I need to work harder. (laughs) I need Uh to do more, instead of doing less and giving myself that space. And I always forget that my productivity goes down the more I push myself Mm -hmm. and try to do more. When I give myself Mm -hmm. the time and the the breaks I need, productivity, creativity goes way up.
2: I do think that it's interesting that we forget and you, you, you used the word forget melody. It's like, this is not the first time I've been burned out. So (laughs) uh, am I not paying attention? What, how how is it that I can get into that spin again? Why do we forget? So I'm sorry, Kimbu, I interrupted you. What were you going to say?
1: Oh no, I was I was just going to comment on you know that what Melody was saying, what you were saying about um, you know rest makes you more productive. Like that's scientifically proven. Like there's no that's not just oh I feel like that. I Maybe mean, that's like that's actual fact. They've studied that that you know, um, especially meditation studies. You know, people who meditate for five minutes in between doing, you know, complex tasks do better on the second task than people who say, like, keep their mind, you know, keep working all the way through, go from one task right to the other, or just take a break and don't do meditation. You know, it's like, that's, it's, it's vitally important. And I'm really struck, Gina, by your comment of why do we forget? Mm -hmm. Because... Uh, you know, as as the intro says, we are ladies of a certain age. Uh, we're not fresh off the boat, as they might say. We we've been through these things in life. Mm-hmm. We know the signs. We know how it affects us. And yet there's there's this thing where you go through a bad situation, be it burnout or depression. And then you just kind of forget what it was like until yeah. it comes around again. And then you're like, oh, hey, what? I'm so
2: surprised. (laughs) It's just
1: like, what? Why do we forget? I don't understand that at all.
2: And we have these experiences. We have this, you know, intellectual knowledge of scientific studies and yet, (laughs) and yet it still comes around again. And so that means we need tools to deal with this. We need to know uh, how to manage it. We need to know what it looks like and we need to know how we can prevent it. So that is uh, leading us into our discussion with Melody about the the summer balances and imbalances. So Melody, I'm going to pass it off to you to um, share with us what you have also shared in your book, Soul of the Seasons, about the season of summer and how we can deal with burnout.
3: Well, the season of summer, as I mentioned earlier, is this season of high productivity there's a lot of things going on, and when we're healthy and balanced, we're able to oversee and complete all our projects, uh, the ones we prioritized with efficiency. And we also are able to manage our our time and our energies wisely. We um, we delegate well to others and allow people to do their jobs well. And this is the season when we bring all our visions we saw in spring into fruition. During this time, we mentioned this earlier. There's genuine warmth with laughter and play, and storytelling, and great sex. And we also, have <laughs> yeah,
2: this...
3: <laughs> it's a whole podcast. Um, and also during this time, we have this ability to separate um, what's needed from what's not needed. Efficiently, when we get imbalanced, of course, we lose this ability to oversee and bring our projects into fruition. And uh, we talked about earlier, we have a a lack of or an inappropriate expression of joy. We may crawl into sadness and be very somber, or we may laugh at all sorts of things, whether it's warranted or not. Um, we may feel uh, loneliness. And, and, and or a fear of being alone, which is a true concern with writers because our journey is a very solitary one. No one can write our work mm-hmm. but us. And, and that can lead to some sadness as well. Uh, we may, in our imbalance, we may need need to control everything. We'd start micromanaging and hand stuff off to beta readers or, or editors, and then take it back and say, uh, or tell them how they need to do their job or even, you know, and that expands out into our, our daily life too, where we don't allow people to handle their portion of responsibility and our thoughts and actions can become chaotic. And we feel like we have this lack of authority over our own work that, we don't have control over how we want to proceed or make things happen. We don't see ourselves as part of that, the center of that. Those, and we'll post a list on this. This should be on our, our webpage uh, connected with the summer too. Because in this way, I can see when I'm getting into burnout, if some of those imbalances are showing up in my life. If any of them start raising their little heads, that's my signal. I need to take a step back and do some uh, self-care. And the best antidote to these imbalances is living a passionate, juicy life filled with lots of joy and laughter and uh, great sex and fun. Um, One more thing I wanted to add is the, the crux of also recognizing burnout and when we go to any imbalance and we dig ourselves in deep and have to crawl out again, is we stop paying attention uh, to our bodies and we disconnect from our bodies and from our our intellectual, emotional, psychic selves. So we have mm. created distance from that. We that's how we forget.
2: Mm. So one of the things that you said, Melody, that really resonated with me when you were talking about the the imbalances um, and that summer is looking at what's needed and what's not needed. And I know that for me, that was something I was really drawn to focus on when I did my creative reset, because as we've talked about before, Creatives have a lot of ideas, and our tendency is to want to do all of those ideas. You know, they're our babies. We want to be able to to dive in with enthusiasm and execute on all of them. Um, Oh heck yeah! And we we can we can do all of them. We just can't do all of them at the same time, and we tend to to try to do that, or at least I do. And so, I really had to be a little bit brutal with myself this past month, and I'm still kind of in process of this, taking a close look at what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Is this something that I need right now? Or is this something that I can let go of? Is this something that I can let go of now, but come back to later at another time? Um, But really that, that, you know, when you said what's needed and what's not needed, I wrote that down in that moment because that really resonated with me.
1: What really resonated with me, um, kind of j- jumping off of that was, and I think there's a, there's a relation between what resonated with Eugene and what resonated with me, was the idea of feeling out of control of the things that you're invested in, that you're working on are, um, you know, just overwhelming because you're not in control of them. You're not, the imbalances that, you know, things are spinning, and you, you don't have your nothing spinning on task or whatever you want to describe it. And to me, that's a strong indicator of burnout for me, because I just feel like everything's going in all sorts of different directions. And I can't, you know, like tossing a lasso and trying to catch a wild horse. It's just going off. And I'm just like standing there with my hand held out, wait, wait, come back. And it's, but it, it does, because the reason for that is, I think, comes back to what resonated with you, which was that, you know, what to keep and what to let go. If you're trying to corral everything, then it's kind of like, you know, you sand through your fingers. The tighter you hold, the more sand will go through. And mm-hmm. and uh, so it's it's interesting how... Those imbalances. It's not just one imbalance. I think they're all related, which is something you say all the time, Melody. I know that's not exactly shocking news, but uh, but it does strike me as you were going over those things. Those were the those were the things that kind of stuck with me. Absolutely, you know,
3: separating, you know, what's needed from what's
1: not is a
3: really important function. It's important function in the body, uh, and it's important to us mentally and emotionally and spiritually you know it gets really exciting in spring and the beginning of summer and all these fun stuff ideas start popping because i don't know about you all but when i get an, a story idea a bunch of other story ideas spin off from it and not only that mm-hmm. ideas about other projects and I like the Creativity is high, and I get really excited. It's like standing at a smorgasbord and, you know, trying to put all of it on your plate the first time through. Um, so,
2: Or all of it in place. your mouth at once.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, got, I got a little room. I got a little room. I can put that <laughs> meatball in there. Um, like exactly. Exactly. Biting off more than you can chew comes to mind in
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I have no idea what that feels like. Absolutely. (laughs) And so,
3: I mean, that's a a really huge thing that you did, Gina, was sort through that and take an honest look. You know, I fell into a really difficult time. Oh, gosh, this was probably 20, 30 years ago where I couldn't physically, you know, health-wise, I couldn't physically do even some of the very basic things I normally did. So I really had to say, what can I, what is it that I can manage today at this time? And um, scaling that back. Gina, you helped me this with this also during one of the revision phases. Um, because it seemed overwhelming, especially after I had done like um, 12,978 previous revisions and you gave me a (laughs) list of like, you know, I think I told you I said some bad words um, about that. Um, But you gave me some great advice and said, don't go over the whole thing. Go in, get it done, get out. (laughs) Focus on what's important right there, what's necessary,
2: and leave the rest.
3: So that was really helpful.
2: Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) Focusing on what's important and what's necessary in the moment. And when I said that this, you know, what's needed and what's not needed resonated with me, I realized in listening to the two of you that I was thinking of it in terms of the things that I do, you know, like, What do I do that I need to do or that I can do later or that I could completely let go of? But it's also more deeply, I think, about what we really need in terms Mm -hmm. of um, nurturing ourselves, in terms of doing, in terms of recognizing the things that we can either do or ways that we can be that fill us up in a way that we can then do the things that we feel like we need to do. Does that make any sense?
3: It absolutely I think
2: it does, does. because,
1: yeah, it, it. what I'm thinking of is that a lot of times we define ourselves as who we are by what we do. And exactly. I think we need, that is that is the reminder that, you know, what we do isn't who we are. And we need to remember that, who we are informs what we do and what we do informs who we are. Uh, but you know, those things are constructs really that we create through circumstance and history and all that sort of stuff. But we, you know, we are who we are as a creative creature, you know, going through the creative process. And just because we don't do this thing or, or do this other thing doesn't define us completely just something I really get caught up in like if I'm going to be this type of person then I need to do this kind of thing
2: and yeah. that's
1: just not true
2: that's just so, not So so what that makes me think about is uh, something that you all know I've struggled with perfectionism because one of one of the one of the signs of perfectionism and I'm wondering now what the relationship between perfectionism and burnout might be because one of the things that perfectionists tend to do is should themselves (laughs) it's like i should do this i should do that Uh um and there's also a tendency toward comparisonitis um so those are characteristics of perfectionism but i'm wondering how those sorts of things may get layered in and interwoven into the other things that lead us toward burnout and contribute to that either of you have a perspective on that
3: Wow, that's really um, hitting the nail on the head. Because I was thinking as you were talking about it as well, is the self-created stressors by all the shoulds that I place on myself. Oh, um, I should okay, be doing uh-huh. this better. I should be doing more. I should have completed this by now. That just piles on and uh, creates sort of this energetic weight, if you will to my load that already feels bigger than I can handle. When I had that difficult period before, I really had to pare down um, uh, what is essential for my health and well-being for today. And you know, when you really do that, there is surprisingly few things that are absolutely essential to have to get done at any particular time. There's a lot of things we mm-hmm. think we need to have, get done, but very few things are sure. true emergencies
2: absolutely mm-hmm. have to get done. So you talked about that piling on of the shoulds, you know, that mm. it just weighs, weighs you down. And so I'm wondering then, do you think that that piling on of all those shoulds contributes to that sense of a lack of control which is then the sign of summer imbalance
3: absolutely it's just like a vicious cycle
2: Mm -hmm. and the more
3: that i do the shoulds the more that i feel overwhelmed the less that i do you know Mm -hmm. the less i'm able to do the less i'm able to take on so yeah it's it's a cycle to me, putting self-care on my calendar as a regular routine, I don't always have strict adherence to it, but when I put it on my calendar, it reminds me to do that, prevents me to, from getting to the place of overwhelm in the beginning. And really lead, leading a more balanced life is gonna prevent overwhelm and uh, burnout in your writing process. I mean, if you do that in all areas of your life, it will show up as value in your writing, in the writing process. Can you,
2: can you Melody, can you highlight for us again, what does balanced summer? We've talked about a lot about the imbalances. Tell us uh, what does that balanced summer look like? You've mentioned joy which definitely resonates with me. So what, what else is there?
3: Well, there is the ability to oversee and complete uh, projects efficiently. There is a sense of connectedness and community. That's one thing we talked about on our last podcast. We have mm-hmm. important regular communication with uh, not only our friends, but our community. We allow our community to support us. We share our visions with them. We do that through storytelling sometimes, and they in turn support us in our journey. Uh, Also community is where we can share laughter, play uh, fun and joy. And we also uh, see, uh, like we mentioned before, separating the pure from the impure, what's necessary from what's not. And um, the ability to move through delegating things well, um, not micromanaging, but overseeing things and allow others to handle their own responsibilities.
2: So we have covered an immense amount of ground uh in the moments that we have had here together they seem like moments it's actually been almost 45 minutes uh there's still so much for us to cover on this topic ladies what do you think of maybe a another future episode on burnout i think that would be
1: great i think that would be great i know melody has um, a worksheet we're gonna have with the episode this episode but i think it would be great for our listeners and for us, if we could go over some of the strategies and talk about how to deal with. And as Melody, I know you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, what does the recovery process look like? I yes. think that would be a great episode.
2: Yeah. I know for myself, I'm particularly interested in making that bridge from if I, if I recognize that I'm in this imbalance and I know that what balance looks like intellectually. Okay. How do I get from here to there? And so mm. I think that that's a whole, a whole nother episode, you know, creating the right circumstances for us to develop that balance.
3: Yes. And how could we can prevent it in the future? as yes. well? Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, I want to thank you, Melody, for, for sharing this wisdom that you have uh, this perspective that you have, that we're able to not only apply to our writing lives, but to apply to our lives as a whole giving us these insights and awareness and resources for us to be able to create the lives that we want to have. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Very appreciative. You're welcome. Um,
3: Happy, happy people make happy writers.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. So that wraps it up for this episode and we will uh, see you the next time and ask you to comment if you go to our website around the writer's table.com there is an area for you to comment on our page if you have any questions if you have any ideas for future episodes anything that you would like us to know any feedback on our podcast we would love to hear from listeners so thank you all and we'll see you next time
1: bye y'all
0: thanks for joining us around the writer's table Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at around the Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at AroundtherwritersTable.com. Everyone here Around the Writers Table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.